Welcome to the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Aaron Summers. Big news out of Saints camp today as head coach John Payton has tested positive for COVID-19. Payton will be out for 10 days unless he can meet the league protocols for return. Defensive coordinator Dennis Allen will assume the head coaching duties for the Saints game at Tampa Bay Sunday. That game starts at 7.20 Sunday night on NBC. Here's Coach Allen during Friday's media availability. It'll be a big challenge. Um, without him being there. Uh, But, you know, the real deal is he's prepared all of us um, for how we have to play the game. We know what's expected of us. Every single one of us, every coach, every player, everybody on staff knows exactly what's expected of us. And our job's to go out there Sunday and, and perform, and that's what we plan on doing. Allen said the staff was notified during their morning meeting Friday of Peyton's status, and Coach Peyton let them know how he wanted them to proceed. The staff adjusted as D.C. Dennis Allen moves into the head coaching role, and offensive coordinator Pete Carmichael will step in and call the offense. Well, look, I think certainly um, having some head coaching experience helps uh, in situations like these. Um, You know, and, and obviously whenever you're in a deal like this, it's not an ideal situation, but... Um, you know, I'm excited about, you know, the opportunity to go out there and perform on, on Sunday night. I think our guys are excited about it. Um, in terms of, do I expect any other coaches? I, look, I mean, the, that's the environment that we're in right now. So uh, you always have to be prepared for, for anything that, that could come up. And, you know, hopefully we don't have to deal with that. But if we do, then we'll have to adjust. The news comes after the Saints had just gotten defensive end Cameron Jordan and running back Mark Ingram back from the COVID reserve list. Multiple teams have had COVID cases spike over the last week, leading to the first postponements of the season. Saturday's game between the Cleveland Browns and the Las Vegas Raiders was moved to Monday. The Seattle Seahawks, Los Angeles Rams, and Washington football team Philadelphia Eagles games were also moved to Tuesday. That's due to outbreaks on the Rams and Washington teams. Hopefully this will keep everything at bay, that this will be the worst of it this season, but it's a good reminder to remember that this is not over. We need to be careful, mask up, make sure you're washing your hands and using your hand sanitizer. Now looking ahead to the Saints matchup this weekend, here's ESPN NFL Nation Bucks reporter, Jenna Lane. Jenna, thank you so much for joining us on the New Orleans Saints podcast today. You've covered the Bucks extensively, do so for ESPN. So I know you are the person to talk to about Tampa Bay heading into the Saints matchup on Sunday night. It's going to be a big one, 7:20 on NBC. You know, we're excited for another opportunity to play, and I'm sure the Bucks are very excited for another rematch as well. How are you doing today? Doing great. And I can definitely concur that the Bucks fans are very excited. Um, they're planning a red out, which they've never done before. Part of it is because against the Bills last week, there were a lot of blue shirts that were in the lower bowls of the stadium. Sometimes it's like that too, when the Saints travel and some of these bigger teams that have bigger fan bases. Um, but they've never done this before where they're asking all fans, like, please wear red. Like we want to paint the stadium red. So they're excited about it. And plus it's the first opportunity for them to lock up the NFC South, which the Saints have kind of had a hold on for the last several years. The Bucs haven't won the NFC South, though, since 2007. So remember last year, they did win the Super Bowl, but it was the Saints that won the division. So it's pretty exciting for a lot of the folks down here. They're uh, they're excited to go. They're ready to go. Yeah, Saints have a six-game win streak over the Bucs. That's in the regular season only, though. As you mentioned, the Bucs got the best of them in the postseason play last year. But 
in talking to the players and the coaching staff there, what's been the feeling kind of, is there some revenge that they want to have on the saints here because of the way that the game went last year there at the bucks, it was a 38, three saints win. That game was rock bottom for this team. You ask any of the players and they will tell you that game was like gut check time. And, and they, they had some losses after that too. I mean, they, they lost to the Rams. They also lost to the chiefs in the regular season before their bye week. And after that bye week, they went on a, a win, win streak. They never lost after that. And then of course won the super bowl, but it was like that game for them was just such rock bottom. Cause you look at the weapons that this offense has on it. And there's no reason why they should be relegated to three points, even against a really good defense like the Saints and then the fact that the Saints celebrated the way they did Mm -hmm. in their locker room Donovan Smith told me he's like man I still haven't forgotten about that and then not just that but you also go back to the way in which the game was won off that PJ Williams interception Tom Brady said he is still ticked off about that like how many games has it been he is still ticked off about that and that's the thing too is that regardless of who's playing quarterback this Bucks team knows and of course they saw it uh, with Trevor Simeon even though they're not expecting him to go but they saw that it doesn't matter who's at quarterback ultimately, because this is a really great defense and a really well-coached team. The respect level is very, very high at Bruce Arians. um, Just praise Sean Payton for his ability to overcome the loss of, of having your starting quarterback out for the season, how difficult that is. They, they were able to overcome that at many points because they have a great defense. And so he was very complimentary of that. And this Bucks team knows regardless of who is slinging the ball around or in Taysom Hill's case, running the ball, they know that they're still going to get a really, really, really tough opponent. And it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough test for them. Yeah. You kind of mentioned a couple of things there, but what are some of the key storylines that you're following heading into this matchup? Well, I think for Leonard Fournette, you know, he missed the last two practices because of an ankle injury, but he was out there practicing Friday and coach Bruce Arian said, he's going to be good to go. He'll be out there playing, but He's a guy that's had a lot of touches lately. Arians usually doesn't have this bell cow back in his offense, but Lenny's kind of become that guy. Ronald Jones, um, he had a little bit of a head cold going on a few games ago, and you know, Fournette's just been the hot hand, so he's just kind of continued to ride him. And then Giovanni Bernard went to IR last week with a hip and a knee injury. So because of that, Fournette's just getting a ton of touches. And of course, the folks in Louisiana are very, very familiar with him. I know how excited and amped up he gets anytime he gets to play his hometown team. Like I was just talking to, you know, a a close friend of his that actually did a documentary on him in high school. And he said, like, he wears the city of New Orleans on his sleeve, like that, that town and and that area. I mean, that's why he changed his number to seven is a shout out to the seventh board. That's where he comes from. He tells everybody that. So I know just how big it is for him, even though he's not going back home, he does go back home frequently, but I know it's really big for him to be facing his hometown team that that's huge for him. And just, again, you look at at how lopsided this matchup has been, even with Bruce Arians and even with Tom Brady, both of them have only won once against Sean Payton's Saints team. And so that just goes to show you how difficult of a matchup it is. I really think uh, a big part of that is the fact that the Saints team, you look statistically, they're able to get pressure. It may not always be in sacks, but in quarterback hits, they're able to do it. And it's it's with just four guys, they're stunting or twisting. And, and because of that, you have more guys that are that are in coverage and that limits Tom's opportunities and he knows it. He's that's one of the big reasons why they've had a difficult time, you know, moving the ball. And, and one of the reasons why their vertical passing attack that's you know typically putting up 30 points a game on teams uh, has really struggled against the Saints. 
The Saints defense has definitely kept them in a lot of ball games this year. It's been a very strong point of this team. And I know that they're looking forward to another opportunity. They usually do play well, play up to the Bucks, And this matchup is always one to watch. When you look at this, it's going to be a Sunday night game. Everybody's going to be watching prime time for the second time this season because their last matchup was as well. What are you thinking that that's going to do as far as the emotions heading into this game and what people are going to bring to it? Well, you bring up a good point with emotions because I think the Bucks had such high emotions going into that Halloween game in week mm-hmm. eight in New Orleans. I mean, they when they think about that stadium and the fact that they were able to defeat this giant in, in the NFC divisional game in the playoffs and, and that, you know, they were able to defeat true breeze. That was so huge for them. A lot of bucks fans even think that that was bigger than winning the NFC championship or the super bowl. That's how highly they thought of this saints team. And so I think a lot of those emotions returned to them. And, and what happened was you want to play with, you want to play with passion, but you don't want to play with emotion per se. Cause a lot of times when you play with emotion, then you start to lose your head. The Bucks have 11 penalties in that game. And, and many of them, I believe six of them resulted in first downs for the saints. It really gave Trevor Simeon a chance to kind of get things moving with that offense. And it was just what they needed um, to, to get out there and, and start putting up some points and, and get rolling. They got a, a real nice, you know, wave of momentum with that. And so it's really important for this Bucks team to not kind of get lost, uh, lost and sucked up into that. Now, after that game, they have not had double digit penalties since then. I think the most penalties they've had in their games has been about six. Um, they, they really cut down on that against the Bills. I want to say they had three or four. And so that's been huge for them. They turned the corner last year in that department, but I was really starting to wonder they might not get to do that this year. And the last thing you want to do is to beat yourself before the ball is even snapped when you're doing things like, you know, jumping off sides and and, uh, neutral zone infractions. I mean, those things are just not going to win you many games. And so that's going to be a huge part of it. And it does help when you have the crowd on your side in those situations. So I expect them to do a little bit of a better job of of keeping their emotions in check and and not having some of those kind of silly pre-snap penalties that you get when you're playing on the road the way they were um, on Halloween. Yeah, emotions lead to penalties, but then another thing that you don't want to have happen are the turnovers, and that's something that the Saints are really focused on. They know that that's going to help them because offensively, things have been a struggle this year. You know, you're not going to outscore many teams, and that's what you mentioned, the, the defense being so big for the Saints and looking for an opportunity to force a turnover, something that they've been able to do against Brady. In the conversations there with the team, How have they talked about this defense and what it's going to take to get a win? Well, that's the big thing on this side, too, is not having those turnovers Mm -hmm. because you look at all Tom's other opponents while he's been with the Bucs and and he's thrown a lot of touchdowns. But for whatever reason, it's like the Saints just seem to have kind of cracked the code on, on how to play him and play him well. And I really think a big part of that is the fact that they just haven't like they've they've haven't needed to you know deploy extra resources for pressure this offensive line is having one of its best years in recent memory if not its best year ever I also covered a lot of really bad Bucks offensive lines like when Chris Sims lost his spleen out there so and and Brad Johnson was was just getting absolutely clobbered I I witnessed that though when when Brad was here I was I was a fan uh, of the team so (laughs) I transitioned to uh, the role of reporter which was was certainly interesting but they're protecting the quarterback a lot better this year but still when you go up against a team like the Saints and and they're able to get that pressure and and you know kind of get that pocket rattled a little bit 
Tom doesn't necessarily have uh, as many opportunities down the field. I think one area, though, that could really help them is the fact that they have Rob Gronkowski back. They they had him for about five snaps in week eight. And, and at that point, it was his first game coming back from the cracked ribs and also the punctured lungs, which he had in week three against the Rams. He came back in that game for about five snaps. It was originally supposed to be only red zone work for him. He came back. He started having these massive back spasms. They had to take him out. He missed some games after that. But but he's been been back for about four games now. And this offense is so dramatically different with him, not just in terms of big playmaking downfield, because he's certainly far more of a vertical threat than most tight ends typically are, where they're just kind of running these quick outs and and these little slant routes. This guy can can give you big playability downfield, and he's, he's so difficult to bring down. Uh, but he's also just this incredible blocker. If you go back and watch Leonard Fournette's touchdown that really got things rolling last week against the Bills, he just gets his face in there, and just he's mauling people. And um, when you have a player that's like that that can do so many different things, uh, it changes your offense so much. And I was going back and looking at, at the average yardage in games with Gronk versus without, going back to last year, and it's like 138 yards a game when he's not out there versus like 300 yards when he's out there. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a really a massive difference. So, um, and, and points wise, he's good for a, about five points a game when you look at, at the difference there. So, um, but it's also an attitude thing too. I think anytime you have Gronk out there, the trust level with Brady is so, so high. There is a belief within one another uh, they can finish each other's sentences. They know what the other's thinking. And when you have that type of chemistry, it's it's really helpful when you're when you're relying on somebody in those crunch situations we know the talent that Tom Brady has brought to this team coming in taking them to a Super Bowl last year but what are some of the intangible things that you've seen from him especially this year where there have been some ups and downs I think the big thing for him is that because people always say, man, he is so intense on the sideline. Like he is lashing out at teammates sometimes or the camera will zoom into him. And he is just I mean, he's throwing out some some bad words, just like Bruce Arians. The two are match made in heaven in that regard. Um, and, And people wonder, like, how how does he do that? At the same time, these teammates will just do anything for him. They will run through a brick wall for them. And that's because he will never ask more of them than he doesn't ask for himself. And they see just how much it means to him, just how much he cares about it. I mean, Giselle gave him the house for 12 days by himself leading up to the Super Bowl so we could have total peace and quiet and just focus in on this game, just lock in on this game. Like that's unheard of. Talk about a really supportive spouse. I, I yeah, good on her credit for that, right? Um, but it, but it's just they see the sacrifices that he makes with his body and his training and and what he's able to do. And he's also out there. And I mean, my my gosh, like the guy is is you know he's he's almost closer to fifty than he is forty, right? And he's out there and he's picking up first downs with his legs. And and Bruce Arians is like, okay, that's enough of that. Like, no more of this scrambling outside the pocket. No more of this. Sl- like, no, we're done. We're not doing this anymore, but they see that and it gets them fired up. And it's like, they don't want to let him down. And, and I think I've never been around an athlete that has just cared so incredibly much about, about perfection and wanting to get it right. But it's also, he wants to make those around him. Cause I asked him like, why, like, you keep doing this. You've got seven Super Bowls, And he's like, it's honestly more about the people around me. Like I've set myself up for life. And, and, and truth be told, I mean, his wife's income alone would set them up enough for life, but it's more about setting the guys up around him. Like he, mm-hmm. he loved the fact that this past week of all the people that made the game winning touchdown play, it was Brashad Perryman who had been cut by two different teams. He loved that because like he and Perryman, Perryman had just, you know, 
been signed off their practice squad the week before, and they're just working at it and working at it every day after practice, trying to get their timing right and trying to get to the specifics of how exactly Tom likes his routes run and, and how it'll best fit. And for them to be able to do that in that game when he was the fifth option, like he loved that because it's like, this is a guy that again, cut by two different teams. Now he has an opportunity to continue his NFL career. He loves being able to do that. So I think the big thing is, is, you know, bettering the guys around him and, and earning their trust, showing them just how much he cares about them. And then in turn, they will do whatever he wants. They will, will give it everything they have because, you know, they respect him so much and, and they believe so much in, in what he's doing and the way he's gone about it. It's, it's been really special to watch. I mean, I've, I have covered some pretty high, high profile athletes before, but this has been a very, really cool thing to watch. You mentioned Rob Gronkowski and the difference maker that he can be. I think from the Saints side, they were really happy to get running back Alvin Kamara back on the field because he just adds so much to the offense as far as his ability to run and then even kind of be a factor in the passing game as well or receiving side of it. Um, and then the quarterback stance, you're seeing a different one than you saw in that October 31st game. I mean, it was Jameis Winston to start and then Trevor Simeon. Now it's going to be Taysom Hill. Have you heard anything from anybody as far as maybe a different approach with Hill as the quarterback? Well, the Bucks have faced some mobile quarterbacks this year, and you you have to account for that. And uh, they just surrendered 109 passing yards, or excuse me, 109 rushing yards to Josh Allen on the ground uh, this past week against the Bills. So they're very aware of that. And, and part of that is just kind of what you have to do when, when you are facing a mobile quarterback, but at the same time, you don't want to give up some of these big plays overhead. So I know they're thinking about a lot of those things when they're getting ready to, to face Hill. They'll tell you, oh yeah, you know, it doesn't really change much, but no, it, it absolutely does because Taysom Hill is just such a unique type of a player. The fact that, you know, he can line up in all these different spots and he's just so darn athletic. So it does definitely change the, the way they're playing as a defense. And it really, I think, um, as much as you want to talk about the, the pass rush and everything, and as much as you want to talk about the way you know, those outside linebackers are playing. I mean, the, the onus is really on guys like Devin White and Levante David to make sure that, you know, some of those little, you know, when, when Hill is escaping outside the pocket or, or even, you know, you mentioned Alvin Kamara, mm -hmm. you know, that short passing game, although he can certainly line up wide too, and, and he can certainly, you know, catch some deep passes, but it's making sure that those little dink and dunks don't into turn, don't turn into something bigger. And also sure. that all those guys are, are tackling much better. Um, there have been times this year where maybe they haven't fit the run as good as others. Uh, they're supposed to be one of the top, if not the top run defense in the league. And at times this year, they have lost a little bit of it. They still only given up though, uh, two hundred yard games to, to rushers. Uh, so one was against the bears. And then of course uh, you had Allen this past week. So they still done a pretty good job in that department, but it doesn't mean they can't get dinged and dunked on. And, and a lot of times that's what happens as a result. This game's going to be an interesting one. Things are changing every day. As we know, the Saints just announced that their head coach, John Payton, will not be on the field. He's in COVID protocol. So it will be Dennis Allen, who will be assuming the head coaching duties there, defensive coordinator. He's stepped into that role at times before, fully capable. It'd be interesting to see how things possibly change with who does the play calling and how Arians might approach things a little bit differently. Because as you mentioned, these two head coaches, Payton and Bruce Arians, are the best of the best, they do really well. So 
it's going to be a good one. It's going to be fun. Appreciate you joining us. Let us know where we can find your coverage and, and what you're going to be doing ahead of this game and post the Saints Bucks game as well. I am very active on social media. If that's if that's what you guys prefer, Jenna Lane ESPN on Twitter. That's L A I N E. Jenna Lane ESPN on Twitter. I'm on Instagram as well. Don't share as much on there. Um, usually that's a little more behind the scenes stuff. Um, Twitter's more for the breaking news. I'm also on Facebook as well with the Bucks ESPN Facebook page, so you can find me on there. And then on ESPN.com, I write frequently on there. So uh, yeah, there's uh, a lot of places I guess that you can. Well, they make us, I shouldn't say they make us, but we, we end up kind of being everywhere yeah. uh, these days on social media. So yeah, you can find me in all those places. And I definitely love interacting with fans. So including Perfect. opposing fans, actually, there's there a lot of Saints fans that follow. Actually, you know, shout out to Sean Payton. He follows me on Twitter too, which I was <laughs> like, wow, that's kind of cool. I must be, I must be saying or doing something right. Which by the way, I hope he feels better because I, I certainly don't wish that on any team. And I know that the Saints have dealt with their share of obstacles this year between mm -hmm. the hurricane. Um, I know so many of the fans there are, are still rebuilding their homes. I didn't get to travel to that game because I was under the weather, sick, not COVID. But um, I just remember so many of the local reporters that were on those flights were saying they, they flew over New Orleans and they saw, and they flew over the state of Louisiana and they saw this, these tarp, like tarp on, yeah. on all the homes and just how hard that was because, I mean, we had our share of hurricanes here. Nothing, nothing compared to what the state of Louisiana has, but just how hard that was seeing that. And then, you know, for, for your football operations to have to go to the state of Texas and, and then, you know, I know some people that got COVID over there and just how difficult that was. It's, it's been a rough year, but you really do have to admire the resilience of this team and then losing, you know, so many key players um, like Jameis Winston. I know a lot of Bucks fans were eager to see how he was going to do this year. They remembered you know, that, that one, that one deep play that he, <laughs> this past year, like it was, it was picture perfect. And, and, you know, I know they were wondering with the play calling of Sean Payton, how is that going to work out? And it seemed like it was working out well. So I know a lot of Bucks fans are eager to see him, eager to see him back. So, um, but, but certainly yeah. my, my thoughts and prayers with, with coach Payton and, and everybody else that around the league, that's, that's being affected by this. It's um, I know as reporters, we talk about how frustrating it is to our jobs when we can't get into the locker rooms and, and we can't have this face-to-face -face interaction, which we won't have this weekend. It's all virtual, but you know, in the grand scheme of things, we are so lucky to be here and to still be doing our jobs and to be having NFL games that everybody gets to watch. You just want everybody that's doing it to be safe. Yeah, I mean, this season has put a lot into perspective, I think, for the Saints with the challenges that they've had with the hurricane, with the injuries, they've really persevered through it and continue to fight. And they've brought a good attitude about it, too, every day. So it's going to be really interesting to see how the rest of the season turns out for the Saints. We know that the Bucks are vying for that NFC championship this Sunday. They can wrap it up. But, you know, the Saints still have an opportunity to get into the playoffs as well. So a lot on the line this weekend. Jenna, thank you so much. For joining us and enjoy the game this weekend. Thank you. Likewise. Thanks so much to Jenna for joining us on today's podcast. Before we wrap this up, let's take a quick look over the injury report. Four were out on Thursday. Tackles Ryan Ramchek and Teron Armstead, linebacker Caden Ellis, and tight end Garrett Griffin. Wide receiver Little Jordan Humphrey, linebacker Pete Warner, and defensive end Marcus Davenport were limited. Quarterback Taysom Hill, who is still dealing with that finger injury and safety CJ Garner Johnson were full participants An updated report will be out on neworleansaints.com later Friday afternoon with the final inactives coming Sunday 
prior to kickoff. If you aren't traveling to go to the game at Tampa Bay, come join us at Wrong Iron as the Saints take on the Bucks for Sunday night football. Enjoy Bud Light specials, Saints entertainment team appearances, raffles, giveaways, and more. We need everybody to come out, be loud, and cheer for the Saints. For the Saints Podcast, I'm Erin Summers. Thanks for joining me, and let's go Saints.